You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW Talknet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us this week. A lot of developments almost every week. Uh, for those of us watching the swamp and trying to battle the corruption here in Washington, D.C., new Podesta emails that really expose the uh, outrageous bias of the Russia investigation. Also, new stonewalling from the Department of Justice and the FBI on the struck page email text messages and such. You wouldn't believe what, how long they want us to wait for those documents. Plus, and I'll lead off with this, confirmation that the Obama gang, the Obama administration, was spying on the Trump campaign. And this is in a New York Times article that appeared this week. It's a big one. It appeared um, in the middle of the week, uh, talking about the initial days of the uh, FBI investigation, Justice Department supposed investigation, if whatever you want to call it, into the uh, Trump campaign and its alleged ties to Russia. Now, what happens is there's an IG report about to come out from the Department of Justice on this and other matters. So what's the deep state is now spinning its case uh, against Donald Trump because the IG report is expected to be critical, at least, of some of those involved in the FBI, probably Comey, uh, as I mentioned, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, the two senior FBI officials who were sending text messages demonstrating they were virulently anti-Trump and pro-Hillary Clinton, and people like Andrew McCabe, and who knows who else in the Justice Department. So all of this is going to come out, which is going to undermine the credibility of the Russia investigation concerning Donald Trump, as if it needs any further undermining with the Clinton DNC dossier and such. Uh, but so what happens is the deep state knows what's coming, and so they put out a story through the New York Times trying to justify their spying on President Trump. And it's astonishing in the sense that it confirms that the Justice Department and FBI, if they had something, they ain't telling it in the New York Times, had something legitimate to investigate the Trump campaign over. But that didn't stop them from, uh, after they shut down, as you know, corruptly, the uh, Justice Department FBI inquiry into Hillary Clinton's misuse of Clinton of uh, non-governmental servers to house her emails, including classified information, as soon as they shut that down, they targeted Trump. Uh, Peter Strzok, the anti-Trumper that I told you about, traveled to London uh, to meet with an Australian ambassador who had somehow gained some information about uh, an ancillary Trump figure who was boasting about Clinton emails and the Russians. Why on earth that would be enough to spark an investigation? I don't buy it. And uh, you can bet the dossier was floating around at the FBI and DOJ at that time, or uh, elements of the dossier, again, funded by the Clinton DNC operation, used to justify, I think, the spying on Donald Trump. So they had Peter Strzok traveling to London, and of course, they're very dramatic in the New York Times story about it. But little did they know that... uh, the uh, excuse me. Little did we know that the Justice Department and the FBI was doing the following. 
they were getting the phone records of Trump campaign officials. That's right, the phone records. According to the New York Times, the, um, and I have the quote here, the FBI obtained phone records and other documents using national security letters, a, t- a secret type of subpoena. You heard that, a secret type of subpoena. And at least one government informant met several times with Mr. Page and Mr. Papadopoulos, current and former officials said. That has become a politically contentious point with Mr. Trump's allies questioning whether the FBI was spying on the Trump campaign or trying to entrap campaign officials. Okay, so you have it here in the New York Times. They obtained the phone records. We don't know who, but the target of their investigation was Carter Page, George Papadopoulos, uh, Michael Flynn, and uh, Paul Manafort. Manafort was campaign manager for a period of time. Papadopoulos and Page were ancillary figures of the campaign, advisors. Uh, and obviously, General Flynn was one of the top uh, campaign people advising and helping President Trump. What was the basis for those national security letters? They don't say. They suggest, well, Flynn received $45,000 from a Russia firm as part of his business. Well, that's enough to generate a counterintelligence spying operation against you? Well, if that were the case, how come they were not investigating Hillary Clinton for her $500,000 cash payment that her husband received while she was Secretary of State from a Russia uh, front company involved in the Uranium One deal. See, this is the big lie around the Russia investigation. They say there were ties between these Trump campaign officials and the Russians, and those ties were enough to take the extraordinary step of of of, uh, snapping up campaign uh, phone records and inserting an informant into the Trump campaign, or close to it in the least. Are we aware of any similar activity with Hillary Clinton, despite knowing that she was getting money from Russia and all sorts of other foreign corporations and foreign governments abroad while she was Secretary of State, despite knowing that John Podesta, her top uh, campaign person, was also in business with the Russian front companies? Despite knowing that uh, her campaign had paid a vendor, Fusion GPS, to communicate with Russia intelligence sources to dig up this scandalous dirt on President Trump that turned out not to be true, it looks like. So you've got Hillary Clinton talking to Russia intelligence to target her campaign opponent through Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele. And what does the FBI do? They use the information to target Trump as an excuse also to target Carter Page in that FISA warrant. Talk about corruption. So we have confirmation that the Obama administration was spying on the Trump campaign for specious reasons. Phone records. So they were wiretapping, it looks like, uh, Carter Page, and who knows who else, because we can't be sure that we know about every FISA warrant. And they were also taking up the phone records of these top Trump campaign officials through this secret process. 
And national security letters and these secret subpoenas aren't out of necessarily improper all the time. But when you're targeting a presidential campaign with them, unbelievable. So uh, you know the IG report might be pretty bad if this is uh, what's coming out in the New York Times because they're trying to pre-leak the information so that when the IG comes out, it takes some of the wind out of the sails of the report and they're obviously trying to spin the information. And they're suggesting there was no politics involved in this investigation. Even though they acknowledge in the report that the FBI was concerned what would happen if Hillary Clinton won because they thought she was going to win and they thought Donald Trump was going to lose. And of course, James Comey has admitted that as well. So you had four officials of the Trump campaign being targeted for reasons we still don't know why, other than the Clinton DNC dossier. Again, the political campaign of Donald Trump's opponent gave documents to the FBI, who then used that throughout all levels of the administration to justify spying on President Trump, or then-candidate Trump. And by all accounts, it's still being used by Mr. Mueller today. So, um, you know, this is pretty shocking stuff. And we've been asking for records like this. And of course, they've been stalling and stonewalling and delaying. And uh, sure enough, uh, we got more of that stonewalling and delaying this week because the Justice Department and the FBI, because we've asked for the uh, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page text messages. Now, going back, uh, Peter Strzok was a top counterintelligence official in the FBI charged with investigating. He led the Clinton investigation. We have the Clinton FBI files as much as they've given to us. And Lisa Page was the top lawyer for the deputy attorney, the deputy um, FBI director, Andrew McCabe, who had been fired. So they had an inappropriate relationship, to put it charitably, or so we are told, but they had all these text messages going back and forth. And the text messages, we may recall, talks about an insurance policy in case Trump won. Scandalous. Has all sorts of anti-Trump material in the text messages and uh, it shows they uh, really didn't like him. And uh, they talk about keeping documents away from FOIA and all sorts of nefarious activities on these text messages. Now, Congress has seen some of these text messages. We don't believe they've been seen all of them. Some of them have been redacted um, improperly, it looks like. So what Judicial Watch, and of course Judicial Watch has been asking about this as well because Peter Strzok was on the Mueller team. And Mueller had to pull him off once it became clear these text messages were going to come out. But he did, he withheld the fact that he had to pull Peter Strzok off because of this appearance of bias. He withheld that fact for four months from the American people, he and the Justice Department. And when he was pulled off back last August, we first began asking questions. And of course, others asked questions as well, and they were lied to. They said it was just purely a personnel matter. Obviously, it was more than a personnel matter. It went to the heart of whether or not that investigation was done properly and for proper purposes. But this Justice Department and this Mueller investigation hid that scandal from the American people. And of course, we've been stonewalled, so we've sued uh, for all of the records, not only about uh, Strzok's removal, 
but records about the, uh, his communications with Lisa Page. So we want the emails and the text messages. So the government came back to us, and they recently just told us that, well, there are 13,000 uh, text messages, emails, and attachments. 13,000 pages. And they proposed to release those records to, the, to us at the rate of 500 pages a month, which at that rate would put it 26 months from now, over two years, to release all of these text messages and emails and such between uh, Page and Strzok. So we've got this significant public interest in what these two FBI people were up to with respect not only to Hillary Clinton and how that investigation was uh, mishandled, but the anti-Trump Russia investigation. And this Justice Department and FBI want to slow roll these records out at the rate of 500 pages a month. Now, of course, we're going to object to the court here, and hopefully the court gives us some relief. But this Justice Department is a black hole when it comes to transparency and accountability. I mean, you see this with Devin Nunes and Trey Gowdy having to threaten contempt to get information that looks like on this informant the FBI was using to spy on the Trump campaign. And I don't think they still have the information. But everything is, it's like pulling teeth out of the Justice Department on these scandal documents. And don't be distracted by the idea that these records are classified and people will be hurt. No, no, no. They're trying to protect themselves from embarrassment They're trying to protect the last remaining pieces of credibility that the Mueller operation may have. So again, we've got this FBI text message scandal that the FBI is covering up. It's the FBI and Justice Department covering it all up in the sense that they hid it from the American people and once found out, they've slow-rolled the release of records and are withholding others. And they're telling Judicial Watch they're going to take over two years to release the records. And we're battling them in court. Congress doesn't go to court to battle them. Rarely does the media go. And it's Congress, I mean, it's Judicial Watch that has to go to court uh, to get these records. And uh, sometimes we're successful. And along those lines, we are pursuing... um, the issue of John Podesta, the Podesta group, Anthony Podesta, the big-time lobbyist whose firm essentially went out of business after he was tied to Paul Manafort's clients in the Ukraine that were allegedly connected to Russia and all of that. Manafort was indicted. He's connected to Trump. Podesta, a well-known Democrat lobbyist whose brother, John Podesta, Obviously, Hillary Clinton's one of top advisors over the years, including during her campaign. He hasn't been indicted. So what we did was we sued this just, well, we asked for and then sued the State Department for records about Mr. Podesta and uh, the Podesta Group's involvement with the State Department. And we did get some records. And we got initially a remarkable five pages of records from the State Department about what the Podesta group was up to with the State Department. And the records show that Podesta, the Podesta group, was lobbying and involved with uh, the Ukrainian uh, 
entity that was tied to Russia. It's called Republic, um, Party of the Republics, which was the Ukrainian political party that was really a Russia front. And uh, they were representing them, a party of the regions. Uh, the uh, March 2013 email shows that U.S. Foreign Service Officer John Teft, who would later go on to become U.S. Ambassador to Russia in 2014, uh, they're writing about the Podesta Group which they quote, is representing the party of the regions. So what happened is both Manafort and the Podesta group, after the fact, had to file Foreign Agent Registration Act forms disclosing or reporting their lobbying activities for groups like the party of the regions and some other fronts associated with Ukraine. Only Manafort was indicted for not filing those forms properly and on time, when he should have. Podesta, the Podesta group, again, this mega Democrat lobbying firm, was not indicted, nor was Mr. Podesta himself. And the other document shows that Anthony Podesta's brother, John Podesta, while he was, again, working at the Obama White House at the time in 2013, was helping lobby the State Department on behalf of his brother's firm and his brother's firm's client. So Anthony Podesta's Podesta group represented the governor of Puerto Rico who was trying to get uh, Lufthansa and JetBlue to put some facilities, I guess, in Puerto Rico. They were competing with Mexico. And so the State Department documents show that the State Department was aware that John Podesta's brother was lobbying and representing the Puerto Rican government here, or at least the governor. And so the documents show that John Podesta is getting emails back and forth and agreeing to get some information and be there to help uh, and, and talking for his brother in this lobbying effort. Now, you know, I guess in theory, we want Lufthansa and JetBlue to invest in Puerto Rico rather than Mexico. We obviously want them to be doing business in the United States. And in fact, uh, Puerto Rico was selected by those two airlines for the facility, the maintenance facility, in 2014. But the documents show that John Podesta was involved with his brother's lobbying firm, which raises questions about what other involvements he had with his brother's lobbying firm. And he was involved with uh, doing work for the firm and advocating on the firm's behalf and the firm's interests while I was at the White House. Now, compare and contrast that to how the Mueller operation is handling the Trump team. If these documents, if by the standards of the Mueller special counsel, uh, these documents would be more than enough to bring the Mueller's, uh, to bring the Podestas before a grand jury. And uh, these emails are a stark reminder that uh, Mr. Mueller is only interested in alleged foreign ties of Donald Trump. And any alleged foreign ties with Russia, Russia foreign entity, Russia-connected foreign entities in Ukraine or whatever, if it involves the Hillary Clinton gang, the Podesta group, that crowd, zero interest. Not only is Mueller not interested in it, but evidently this Justice Department isn't interested in it. Unless they're doing secret investigations we don't know about. 
Again, these documents were obtained by Judicial Watch. They were not obtained by Congress. They were not obtained by the media. So we have documents out of the State Department showing the Podesta group was involved with this uh, Ukrainian front for the Russians, the same entities that Paul Manafort is being charged for representing, charged in criminal court. Anthony Podesta isn't being charged. So, you know, how do you like them apples? And it's Judicial Watch doing this, this work. I keep on saying, we are doing the heavy lifting on this oversight. We have over 30 lawsuits in federal court trying to find out what was going on with this Russia scandal, who was doing what, were there abuses, what's the truth? And uh, to that end, uh, we get documents now and again that are pretty... Uh, Illuminating, including these new Podesta records. I mean, so to sum up again, we've got confirmation in the New York Times the Trump team, Trump campaign was spied on by the Obama FBI and Justice Department. We have uh, detail that there are 13,000, 13,000 records between Lisa Page and Peter Strzok that the Justice Department and FBI want to take two years to turn over. And now we have information out of the State Department, thanks to a Judicial Watch lawsuit, that uh, confirmed that the Podesta Group was uh, involved in talking to the State Department about Ukrainian issues, which are Russia-connected, obviously. Certainly Russia-connected enough to get Manafort convicted by the special counsel or indicted by the special counsel who is charged with investigating Russia-related links. And we also have the documents that tie John Podesta, a close Hillary Clinton aide, to both the Podesta group and lobbying the State Department, perhaps improperly. Not bad for one watchdog group. Imagine if Congress... Uh, spend as much time doing oversight as Judicial Watch does in pursuing these FOIA litigations and such. So, uh, you know, there'll be more coming out next week. We've got documents just lined up, ready to come out. Uh, so I encourage you to track our work. Go on our website at judicialwatch.org. You can find out, uh, again, look at the documents yourselves and spread the word. And if you like what we're doing, if you're not already doing so, you should support our work because no one else, no one else is doing it the way we are. Congress is following our lead on a lot of this information. They see what we're able to do, and some of the, at least members like Devin Nunes and others, push hard for transparency as a result because they know the documents are there. Because if Judicial Watch can get it, Lord knows Congress should be able to get it. So I encourage you uh, to join our cause, join our movement for government accountability and transparency. Uh, There's no one else doing the work we're doing. And of course, we can't do it without your support. Thanks again and have a great week. We'll see you next time. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.